Welcome to the Chargers wrap-up show of Compas on the B. Chargers just finished losing 27-20 to 20 to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, with I'm Fernando Ramirez, Chargers beat reporter for SI. With me as always, my co-host, my tag team partner, Gilbert Manzano, OC Register, LA Daily News, we're in an empty stadium. What's up, bro? <laughs> that was uh, really loud there, Fernando. But at least you're consistent, and it seems like the Chargers are having this weird trend of having ugly performances on offense like they kind of have one good game and they have a bad game but Fernando I don't know about you but I feel like this game reminded me of the Patriots game at home a couple weeks ago a flat performance uh time of possession was a problem the the Patriots had the ball I think in that game 38 minutes the Vikings today had the ball for 36 minutes so you're consistent with your what's up bro but this Chargers office man I don't know what's going on right now I'm with you, Gilbert. When you look, I I remember in one of those, I looked up, and it was before the Dalvin Cook touchdown in the fourth quarter. I looked up, and I saw Joey Bosa. I saw some of these guys' faces on the defense, and they just looked, they were drenched in sweat, and they just looked exhausted. They were, they, I think the, the Minnesota Vikings had the ball for about 32, 33 minutes. And yes, with those receivers, with that running back, they are known to doing that. But they really hadn't been doing that on a consistent basis. Hell, if anything, in the last few weeks, Justin Jefferson had been complaining about the lack of throws that were being thrown his way today. I think he had seven or eight. I can't can't remember off the top of my head. Nine receptions for 140 yards, 43 yards. There you go. Gilbert knows it. So it was just one of those things, Gilbert, where it was like, okay, the defense gave up some stuff. The offense gave up some stuff. At the end of the game, it's can the Chargers get that last stop after going for that field? They they don't they no no fourth and staley today a lot of people have been calling it fourth and staley no fourth and staley today no zero they decided to kick the field goal with dustin hopkins late in the game you have the you have the vikings pin twice on third and longs and they convert both of well they one of them they did convert to justin jefferson the other one adam thielen got two yards from within the first down from i think it was third and 17 he ends up converting it uh they end up converting it on a pitch plate of uh to uh dalvin cook for the fourth down they put the game away just a bad overall performance from both both sides but really the offense you have to question yourself the last three out of the last four games the offense has not looked like itself and i don't know what it is gilbert you go to twitter there are some answers you ask the the players there are some they you get different answers you ask the coaching staff it's different answers what says you you know, I think for me, and it might be unfair, I think I'm going to lean more on the coaches not being aggressive because sometimes when you have these offensive funks and you need to kind of, you know, extend a drive, you know, usually State has been good about that, going on a fourth down. Uh, and that's and, and I think it was in the Cleveland game, there was like a, a play where Austin Eckler got it on fourth down and they kind of just got the, the offense going and they exploded. Like you never had that in this game. You never had, like you mentioned, fourth and Staley. And, and, and it's funny because when you talk to the, the defensive players and, and they felt really bad about not getting a stop on the final drive. And, and, and it was kind of a, you know, must be a, a, a bad feeling because the Chargers have done it to, to Washington. They did it to Philadelphia where they kind of hold the ball at the end. And there's nothing you could do about it. And they kind of went through that pain today. But it, when you talk to the players, Limbaugh said it, uh, Brandon say it, said it, Asante said it, they said you know, if we get that final stop, you give the ball back to Justin Herbert and you feel good about your chances. And yeah, Herbert has been a comeback player this year. I think he has four, four quarter comebacks this season. But even if Herbert got the ball back, you feel like this offense maybe wouldn't be up to the challenge because they've been so out of rhythm, uh, you know, this 
throughout this Sunday game. And, and may, yeah, it could be maybe a little bit of the play calling. You never really saw a lot of the, the deep shots. Uh, the offensive line kind of regressed again. Uh, they weren't aggressive on fourth down. Mike Williams disappeared. Uh, the tight ends, where were the tight ends? The tight ends had like a monster game last week, and they pretty much were absent. So there's a lot that went on, but you kind of needed that one momentum to kind of extend plays. And, and you, maybe you can't fault Staley for going for it on the du- Dustin Hopkins, you know, field goal. But say you get say you get the touchdown, and then say you go for an onside kick, and you kind of do these aggressive plays, and it kind of makes you feel good about your chances. And it, and it just wasn't that type of day for the Chargers. And it was kind of it was strange because the Vikings came into this game losing five one-score games. They probably saw what the Chargers have been doing all year, saying being aggressive on fourth downs. For now, you mentioned Dalvin Cook, fourth down. They got that. And uh, being uh, extending drives, and that's what they did. So, yeah, to kind of give you a long-winded answer, I don't really know what's going on with this Chargers offense, but they, ne- they never helped their cause with with, a, with kind of a momentum uh, change you play. I'm not trying to kick – I'm not trying to kick people while they're down, but this felt similar to last year's Chargers team that just was not aggressive. They didn't get it going. Once they got it going – it felt like it, it, like they would hit a wall at one point. But there's a lot of uh, – and that's the thing today, Gilbert. Mike Zimmer even said it after the game. We thought they were going to be a lot more aggressive on fourth down. Hell, Mike Zimmer was the one that was aggressive. He was two for two on fourth down. They almost went for that fake uh, fake punt. But then, obviously, the, the refs came in and they were like, hey, hey, the Chargers still hadn't gotten all their guys on the field and, and done all that. So they, I think they stopped it and they made them kick. And, obviously, they punted away. But everything that you thought you had seen last week in Philly, it just it all went to literally like it just was all different this game. And you're kind of like, whoa, like you thought you had seen a little bit, maybe a consistency in Philly. They only they didn't punt and Ty Long didn't come out at all, uh, didn't come out onto the field at all last week. Today, I think he punted six times. Uh, it was just very inconsistent by the Chargers offense. And it kind of it should like, I don't know, when, once you keep on repeating the same formula, it should worry just because three out of the last four games, like I mentioned, it's just been this inconsistency where they can't get anything going. You mentioned it. Mike Williams has really – he's kind of disappeared since that Cleveland Browns game where he put up a career-high 170-something yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he really hasn't been a part of this offense lately. You Then you question, hey, what's up with Jalen Guyton? Last year he was their down-the-field threat. This year he's not getting anything. I think uh, Uncle Joe Reedy told me that he has ran – 242 routes this season he only has 23 uh, targets and only 11 catches i mean i'm not i'm no math magician but that doesn't sound very good to me uh jalen guyton just hasn't been a part of this offense and you look at joshua palmer here and there but it just hasn't been consistent the way that the coaches had hoped i'm sure by this point it literally is this offense is Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler. Those have been the three consistent players this season. And it feels like there's a little bit of a mess elsewhere. Like you mentioned, the tight ends haven't gotten it going. I've been harping on this the whole season, and I will keep on harping on it. There is no running backs behind Austin Eckler. There's no not that there isn't running backs. There isn't consistency behind Austin Eckler. Larry Roundtree, congratulations, had a touchdown today, but it, he still had only three carries for 10 yards. Um, Joshua Ke- Kelly, maybe, and you know what, Gilbert, maybe it's, they're not getting the opportunity to do this, but I think if by now, by now, by half, more than halfway through the season, if the coach would have noticed something from one of these three guys, even Justin Jackson, the team would be giving them more carries, and they just haven't. They would rather 
Austin Eckler go in there and then these guys spell for them or give them a, a little bit of a breather and then come back in. But it, it just it hasn't been pretty, Gilbert, and, I, and it, it's I'm surprised that these guys are five and four with some of these things that we're seeing, some of these mistakes that we're seeing with them. Yeah, usually when we talk to Justin Herbert about, you know, a bad offensive performance, he kind of just says, you know, we, we, we got to watch the tape and we, you know, we'll figure it out. We're going to beat adversary and come back stronger from it. But I think today he kind of gave us a not I wouldn't call it an excuse, but kind of a glimpse of what's going on. And he kind of gave us a reminder and saying, hey, it's year one with a new, you know, a new scheme, a, a new play caller and Joe Lombardi, a lot of new pieces. And I think that's the way of Herbert telling himself, like, yeah, like we're going to explode in Philly. We're going to explode against the, the, the Cleveland Browns. We're going to have games like in Kansas City. But then you're going to have these kind of clunker stinkers like in Baltimore against New England and now against the Vikings. And I think that's the only thing you could kind of attribute to this kind of being inconsistent on offense because when you have guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert on your offense and, you know, Corey Lindsay and Rash- Rashawn Slater on your offensive line, you like I think you asked it for now. You asked Brandon Staley, why isn't this team scoring in bunches and kind of – throwing haymakers out there like they have the potential to do that and they've shown flashes of doing that but i think kind of herbert said you know what it's year one it's gonna happen and maybe for his mindset to not be frustrated because you see all the potential and there was a couple of times where herbert was pretty hot out there and he's kind of a, a mild-mannered guy so i think it's kind of frustrating when you see all the potential and the flashes but you do got to remind yourself it is year one and it is kind of frustrating for the Chargers fan base to see the potential and maybe it's, you know they're maybe they're a year away we've kind of said that before fernando but when you see them start 4-1 and one, or what they do in Philadelphia, you start thinking, maybe they're not a year away. Maybe they're ready now, and you see the division, and it's pretty close. Somehow the Chiefs are in first place again. Uh, nobody wants to win, win the AFC West, so there's still a chance to do that. But I think you've got, you you got to kind of go through your, your ups and downs, and it is frustrating. But to kind of go to an earlier point, Fernando, the whole thing with Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer is a, is a very interesting dilemma to me because – you do want a guy to take the top off the defense and stretch the field and maybe, you know, just be the guy that runs straight. But we got to really break down the film. Is 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 Jalen even doing at least that? Like, maybe that's why he's still on the field and maybe that's creating opportunities for Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, but he's not producing. He's not contributing yeah. to the offense. And then you want to have Josh Palmer play. He is not a stretch the field kind of guy. He is a possession receiver, big body guy, kind of like Mike Williams, kind of like Keenan Allen. So maybe it's kind of hard to throw in Josh Palmer when you want a guy to stretch the field. So that's going to be interesting. Like, if you're Brandon Settle, you're saying, we're not getting any production from Jalen Gaddy, and let's throw Josh Palmer out there. But then you don't get that stretch the field kind of thing. And maybe you throw in, you make Mike Williams, the 2019 Mike Williams, where he just went down the field and he had so many crazy catches. That could be a, a problem solver there. And then for the running back thing, it's not working. And, and, and you can't trust Justin Jackson to come back and stay healthy. And if this running game is going – then maybe you have more time on the on the, on the clock. You you extend plays because you need to be balanced or they're not doing that. So we could talk about the offense all day, Fernando, and and I know there is some – we'll get into the defense right now, but I really think today this game falls on the offense for not, you know, extending plays because I think the defense did pretty well to start the game at least. No, yeah, they give them opportunities. Uh, they did a lot to, to try and get these guys going, and they, the offense just couldn't get it going, and – you're kind of like, like, has it run out of gas? Is there and like you said, Justin Herbert talked about it today. Um, I'm, I'm just interested to see. And the, the problem is, Gilbert, you don't have that bye week anymore. Like Kansas City still has that bye week to sit down, evaluate themselves, and be like, okay, we need to do X, Y, and Z. The Chargers don't have that now. It's funny because you talk about the defense. Limbaugh Joseph today was very uh, optimistic when we talked to him, and he said, once we get it rolling, 
we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna scare some teams or he said something close to what Keenan said last week but then I asked him well what can you guys get what, what's gonna get it rolling and then and it's kind of the dilemma I've had with you Gilbert where you're like oh at one point the Chiefs are gonna turn it on I'm like yeah but what's gonna make them turn it on hell maybe playing the Raiders is gonna is what is gonna get them to turn it on but uh but that's what I I'm not one of these people that I don't like those cliches I want to know what's gonna what it has to what has to happen? And he said, what's going to have to happen is we have to stay consistent. And, I mean, I guess consistency is the word of the week or the word of the day here. But uh, they just, they have to execute. Execute consistency were two of the keys today. And, um, and now you're kind of left wondering, like, what's going to happen with them? But on the defensive side of the football, you mentioned it. Uh, they were able to, to really clamp down. It was funny because I thought uh, Dalvin Cook had a – when I looked at his yards at the end, I was like, oh, wow, 94 yards. I was like, okay. Like, I thought he had less, actually. So 25 carries, I think, for 94 yards and one touchdown. Uh, they honestly were able to do pretty well against him. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really thought that, for the most part, the defensive line played well. The linebackers, I'm a little nervous about Kenneth Murray. It was his first game back and everything. But he just seems like he's a little bit out of fits. I feel like when – Drew Tranquil comes back. The Drew Tranquil Kaiser experiment is going to help, but I think that maybe moving Kenneth over to to edge might really help him develop and might help him. Maybe you know you never know. They it could it could be like Darren Waller came in as a receiver, ends up as a tight end. Who knows? But something to get this guy jump started just because you haven't really seen it from him these first two years. Uh, or well, and I mean obviously he's been hampered with an injury this year, but. Maybe that'll help Kenneth kind of bounce back a little bit. Yeah, there was a couple of good moments for Chan Owusu today. And, yeah. and maybe seeing a, another guy like, like Kenneth Murray on the edge trying to take some snaps kind of woke him up. Like, okay, they, they, they're trying new things here because we're not producing. So that was kind of a, a good sight to see. And, and Joey Bosa had his uh, strip sack. Eamon uh, uh, a- had a nice little performance as well, blitzing from uh, the linebacker position. He, made, almost, he almost had a second sack. On Kirk Cousins for the touchdown on uh, Coughlin, and, and he was like maybe, you know, less than a second away from, from preventing that. That was a weird play, too, because yeah. uh, Derwin and Loki collided in the end zone to let uh, Conklin get free. And then Jerry Tiller is six, what is he six foot four? Six foot six. <laughs> six foot six could have made you batter that down if he had a little more hops too. So uh, a lot of weird things on that uh, that touchdown there. But you know overall, I think it was a strong start from effort. the defense. <laughs> you know, good effort. Lack of effort <laughs> uh, on the by a certain individual. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna go back, Fernando. But you know, it was a it was a good performance to start. But when you're facing Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook, they're going to get you eventually. And that's what happened, especially on that final drive. Uh, you mentioned it where, you know, Jefferson gets his 27-yard catch, Thielen gets 18 yards. And then, you know, Dalvin Cook didn't have the best game, but he had that nice 11-yard run to make it, you know, uh, uh, you know third and short or whatever, fourth and, fourth and short, and, and it worked out. And, yeah. and that's kind of the issue for this. I think maybe you might have said it in the, in the press box that this defense – goes for strip for the strip and they're not tackling to ensure no loose yards and that's kind of happening a lot too but you know it's just they were pretty banged up today you know no drew tranquil no michael davis and no nazir Ali. not to make an excuse but you know justin jefferson had a field day on tevon campbell today and, and, and i know they were they were trying to have you know asante shadow Adam Thielen, but at some point you were like, okay, how about Samuel get a crack on Jefferson? You got a few every now and there. But then Thielen would get open being on Tavon. So it's kind of like pick your poison, yeah. but it was just a standout uh, game from Justin Jefferson uh, overall. For, but this defense, you know, you can't, you can't ask them to contain this, this you know, I guess it's, it's 
you could call it an explosive offense. They've kind of been sleeping most of the year, but they're going to get you eventually. And, you know, there's a lot of issues there. It's, it was kind of the same bend, don't break. It's kind, of a, it's kind of hard to explain this defense. But to start the year, they, they wouldn't give up the big explosive plays on, on the passing defense. Now they have the last two weeks. You know, Devontae Smith got them last week and then Justin Jefferson. But that's because they're kind of short in the secondary. Uh, the run game was was better. The pressure was better. So there is some good uh, good signs there. But it's still kind of like uh, this defense still kind of weighs away from being dominant. Linval Joseph said it today. We got some guys coming back, and they do. Michael Davis should be back by next week. Nazir, you know what's funny? They're 0-2 without Nazir Adderley uh, playing in the game. He's so good. he's been good. He's been a good tackler. So I think if you get Nas back, if you're able to get Michael Davis back, if you're able to get Drew Tranquil back off of COVID, uh, they should be able to um, – they should be able to kind of get the, the juice going back on the defensive side of the football because then you can put Tavon Campbell in the slot, ask Chris Harris to do a lot of different things. Um, there was a, a, a real quick, Gilbert, before we go to your boy, because we, we need to hear what, uh, what he has to say. Um, when, when you – when I, at one point, Gilbert, I saw – there was something going on on the sideline with the Chargers, like, and at towards the end of the third quarter, where Staley looked frustrated. Asante Samuel Jr., Chris Harris Jr., um, uh, Derwin James looked frustrated. I'm like, what's going on? And I noticed that a guy had four helmets in his hand. Uh, one of the equipment managers. I'm like, what's going on? And I asked Staley after the game, was there a communication problem? He's like, yeah, the radios weren't working. So he wasn't able to get the play call into Derwin. At one point, I saw Asante Samuel Jr. having to run over, get the call from Staley, run back in there, and give it to Derwin. There was a lot of confusion on that drive. There was a lot of weird stuff going on on that drive. I'm not – there's no way I'm making an excuse or anything. I'm just saying, like, it was, it was pretty crazy to see that much miscommunication uh, because of obviously the the radio and everything, but that was that was pretty interesting. I don't think I'd seen that happen in a while, especially when you're the home team. It usually happens when you're the away team, not the home team. But it, it was pretty interesting to to see that. But um, but Gilbert, I I have to give kudos to Asante Samuel Jr. First game back from the concussion, I thought he played really well. I don't know what you thought, but uh, I thought he played uh, pretty well. The first on the first drive, I remember they throw a huge pass to Kirk or uh, Kirk. But it was a huge pass to Justin Jefferson. And Asante Samuel Jr. comes in and punches it out. Obviously, I think there was a holding call on the play. They brought it back. But it was just a good play from Asante to kind of get it going, punch that ball out. And, and I thought he had a big, uh, a big game uh, regardless of, of the outcome. Yeah, no, I'm curious to see. Maybe you'll ask Brandon tomorrow, Monday, when we have more time. You know, you know how much does that really affect you as a defense? You know, not having the right headset communication. You're kind of wasting more time running around. Uh, maybe you mishear something. So they were getting set really late too. Yeah, so that def- that definitely could affect you too. So I, I'm curious to see what more Brandon has to say about that. Uh, but yeah, it was a nice little comeback for Asante Samuel Jr. I know most of the damage was on Tavon Campbell's side, but you know, also Samuel had his kind of his up and downs as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was a you know a, a tough offense to face. But you know, if you, maybe you have Nazir Adley helping you out, some of the biggest explosive plays don't happen and. You know, with Nas, he's not getting like the the big impact plays, but he, you know, he's been at least you know pretty uh, pretty clean out there where he's not allowing big plays to kind of get by him. Uh, We're nine games in, Gilbert. You said that he would have ten interceptions yeah. by the end of the season. How many does he have so far? He has zero. He has missed two games. He has. Like, We're on Nas watch. Yeah, he has four drops. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna eat this, but but he is playing much better. So no, I he is. He is there. But uh, you know, Fernando, I feel like we've been harping on on this uh, this game. I'm ready. You know what? For Dan and Dago, what does he have to say? I'm sure he's kind of losing his mind. Tell him to kind of keep it PG. All right. Let's see what Dan and Dago has to say. 
Well, I don't know what to say. <clears throat> it's going to be another Whiskey Sour Wednesday. This one hurts. They ended my streak, so damn you for that. I'm not going to get into the X's and O's. That's what the compas are for. But the only thing I'll say is this. I, I still don't think this is completely on Staley. I mean, he's doing the best he can with what he has out there. I mean, I guess we'll see what they do. I'll tell you one thing, though. I wish Zimmer would not have need the ball and kept pounding the rock. Maybe that'll piss him off and they'll come out better and go on a run. But, I mean, whatever. Whiskey Sour Wednesday coming up. Gilbert, do you do you feel for your boy Dan and Dago? A little bit because that was a pretty sad, uh, I guess, you know, update from him. There was not much to say. And he kind of felt like that type of game where, like, yeah, it was an ugly flat performance. We've kind of seen this story before. And, and, and the charge kept saying, you got to execute. So I think uh, Dan Dago was waiting for the execution to kind of pan out. And, and he's tired of this roller coaster team that is the 2021 Chargers. And when he said that uh, there's no point in getting into the X's and O's, uh, let the compas do it. A little bit of compliment from us, but also a little sad that he had to say that. You know, I, I felt like he, he wanted to say more, but he was, he was biting his tongue. It's funny because I've always uh, I've always told people when my little brother's sad, I get I get sad because I'm like, oh, poor guy. Like, I know how much he he loves this team and 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 it sucks for him. But hey, who knows? Maybe maybe they'll bounce back and then the, uh, Dan and Dago will bounce back. And who knows? Maybe we get a fired up Dan and Dago next Sunday. Uh, but definitely, like we said, interesting, uh, interesting game. Chargers obviously lost twenty-seven twenty. Um, it's it's gonna it's literally going back to the drawing board, trying to see what they can do uh, against the Pittsburgh. Obviously, if you guys haven't heard the news, Big Ben Roethlisberger is on uh, the COVID nineteen list. It was funny because uh, Gilbert, I, I I think I read some somewhere that he felt flu like symptoms on Friday night, and instead of going, instead of like maybe waiting he decided to go into the facility get tested and make sure that uh make sure he was fine he ended up positive so uh he might he might be out this whole week and then on friday they'll decide if he'll travel with the team obviously he has to test negative twice before he can do that so that's going to be interesting the monitor obviously tj watt got hurt hip injury they don't know if he's going to go they said it looked pretty bad uh so that's going to be interesting to see next weekend but hey Regardless, uh, this team this has happened to this team before. A couple of years ago, they lost to Duck Hodges. Uh, Duck Hodges, I think, is in in arena football now or, or something like that. He was so, with the Rams in the preseason. yeah, he was with the Rams in the preseason. But uh, Duck Hodges, I think, is in arena football. So they would most likely face Mason Rudolph next Sunday if Ben Roethlisberger can't go. Uh, but interesting, uh, it'll be an interesting week. Uh, obviously, leading up, trying to we're going to be on Big Ben watch, uh, trying to see how he is. Um, so obviously Gilbert, uh, we're at the point where you hand out your, your set of best. Who, who are you giving it out today? I, I bet I can, I know. Well, yeah, but let, let me kind of give you some, uh, my thoughts on the whole Pittsburgh thing. And, and it's weird because this, this team is, is weird. The Chargers are weird because we went into this game thinking like no Harrison Smith, yeah. no Anthony Barr, no Daniel Hunter. And I'm forgetting somebody else, no Patrick Peterson. Like, okay, this defense is pretty banged up no way the Chargers lose this game kind of thing. And you, and, but, but I kept telling Fernando, I'm going to kick myself, and I'm going to kind of give myself some credit, but I didn't predict this, so maybe I shouldn't get credit. I told myself, this Chargers team is not a team that, has, that makes it easy on, them, on themselves. They're not a dominant team. So they're going to lose one of these two back-to-back home games, Pittsburgh or Minnesota. And I said it won't be this Minnesota game because they lost X, X, Y player, whatever, the players I just mentioned. Now, like, if I'm going to pick the Pittsburgh game, you're telling me there's no Big Ben, maybe? There's no TJ Watt? Like, it makes it hard not to pick against the Chargers, but they're, they they just find a way to lose the games they're supposed to win. So yeah. I'm already thinking about next week. I'm already kind of 
I don't know who I'm going to pick. I want to lean Pittsburgh, but the Chargers might bounce back after this game, you know? But to give out the cerveza, because this Chargers team is so strange, let's move on. And I can't give it to a Charger. I, I think that's where you knew I was headed. And I think I kind of have like a little man crush on Justin Jefferson because that guy is a stud. Uh, and I kept having this whole kind of storyline in my head where he's pissed off about the offensive rookie of the year because he kept saying on Twitter that he should have won it over Justin Herbert. And, and he, had a, he had a nice little case there. But, you know, Herbert just had a great year. He's a quarterback. He broke every record. You, it was just a bad year of Jefferson. You got to take the L on that. But I think he came up fired up. He, uh, he flipped the ball to Keenan Allen, I think, in the second quarter. Yeah. That told me he was motivated. Like, okay, where's Keenan? Where's the best receiver on this team? Let me tell you who I am, Justin Jefferson. And he really made a mark in this game, and he was unstoppable. And yeah, it wasn't a, you know, a full-strength Charger secondary, but you know, just watching Jefferson run routes out there, make plays, you know, this big-body receiver, second-year guy, already one of the top receivers in the NFL, have yourself a cold one. I know for Charger fans, they don't want to hear that, but Jefferson had a nice day. It's funny. I was joking with Gilbert. Uh, I'm like, Gilbert, you know the Chargers could have had uh, Justin Jefferson and Justin Herbert last year. And he like, looks at me. He's like, why? I'm like, the Vikings chose uh, Justin Jefferson one pick before the Chargers traded up with the Patriots to get Kenneth Murray. So potentially we could have seen Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson, and Mike Williams on this team with Justin Herbert last year and this year. Can you imagine that kind of offense? Obviously, we're back on planet Earth, back in reality. That's a that's an Arrowverse or a Flashverse or a different universe. I know I'm geeking I'm geeking out again, Gilbert, but <laughs> I'm going to give it to Kirk Cousins, Gilbert. Kirk Cousins, and you, you guys need to see the eyes that he just gave me. Like, oh wow, really? Kirk Cousins has not thrown a single interception. And on the road this season, he's thrown 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions. So I think he, I think Kirk Cousins has done well. I think that he, I mean, he is who he is. He's Kirk Cousins. He's kind of up and down from number 11 down to 17. He's kind of one of those stocks that goes up and down a little bit, kind of a roller coaster. But he played well today. I thought he he took care of the football. He, uh, I, I didn't see one pass where, oh, no, there was one to Von Campbell where he should have had a pick in the third quarter. But other than that, I didn't see one where I was like, oh, wow, that could have been an interception. The Derwin one. Oh, the Derwin one. So, yeah, two. Oh, well, why are you shitting on my pick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, still, Kirk Cousins, go out there, get a cold one. El, el, what, what, what's the Spanish saying? Uh, basically... Um, Almost doesn't exist. Almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. So he still had zero interceptions uh, thrown today. So I'm going to give it to him. I kind of feel like Kirk is not a drinker, by the way. Yeah, no, I don't think so. And neither am I. So there you go. <laughs> There's Maybe he's an avocado eater. Maybe we can go get California burritos with with uh with guacamole but uh obviously guys thank you guys so much again for checking it out before we go uh bad bunny was here and i was pretty excited about that for now oh so was i man when we saw him gilbert and i were like looking at each other we're like ah we're like is there any way we're like we try to get away and guys let let us tell you we try to get him on compas we try to do as much as we could physically mentally everything that we could i even used the puppy dog eyes i did anything (laughs) i could to try and get bad bunny on compas because Honestly, like the Bad Bunny would have been like the compas. We would have been like El Conejo Malo. And it would have been love at first sight between the three of us. But obviously it didn't happen. It'll happen soon, though, Gilbert. One day it'll happen. Uh, But definitely thank you guys again for rocking with us. This is, um, I know, tough loss. But thank you guys so much for checking out the compas. Uh, Shout out to Jason Staley, by the way, for that awesome tweet on Saturday. I think we put his daughter to sleep. 
But I don't know if that was his ultimate goal, and that's why he put on the compas. But Jason's a, a listener of the show, good friend of ours. Um, we appreciate that. Uh, and obviously, th- uh, Wednesday, compas on the beat will be coming out. Uh, Gilbert and I will have some great stuff coming up this this week for you guys. For now, Gilbert, though, it is what time is it? It is nine oh four, Gilbert. It's time. You know what? Vámonos. Ya nos vamos, pues vámonos.